Moses assembled the whole community of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things which Adonai has ordered you to do. In six days work is to be done, but on the seventh day it is to be a holy day for you, a Shabbat of complete rest and honor of Adonai. Whoever does any work on it is to be put to death. You are not to kindle a fire in any of your homes on Shabbat. Parashah 22, Exodus 35, continuing with verse 4. Moses said to the whole community of the people of Israel, Here is what Adonai has ordered. Take up a collection for Adonai from among yourselves. Anyone whose heart makes him willing is to bring the offering for Adonai, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, and fine leather, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, onk stones, and stones to be set for the ritual vest and the breastplate. Then let all the craftsmen among you come and make everything Adonai has ordered. The tabernacle with its tent covering, fasteners, planks, crossbars, posts, and sockets. The ark with its poles, ark cover, and the curtain to screen it. The table with its poles, all its utensils, and the showbread. The menorah for the light, with its utensils and lamp. And the oil for the light. The incense altar with its poles, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, the screen for the entranceway at the entrance to the tabernacle, the altar for burnt offerings with its poles and all its utensils, the basin with its base, the tapestries for the courtyard with their posts and sockets, the screen for the gateway of the courtyard, the tent pegs for the tabernacle, the tent pegs for the courtyard with their ropes, the garments for officiating, for serving in the holy place, and the holy garments for Aaron the Cohen, and the garments for his sons, so that they can serve in the office of Cohen. Then the whole community of the people of Israel withdrew from Moses' presence, and they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit made him willing, and brought Adonai's offering for the work on the tent of meeting, for the service in it, and for the holy garments. Both men and women came, as many as had willing hearts. They brought nose rings, earrings, signet rings, belts, all kinds of gold jewelry. purple or scarlet yarn, fine linen, tanned ramskins, or fine leather brought them. Everyone contributing silver or bronze brought his offering for Adonai, and everyone who had acacia wood suitable for any of the work brought it. All the women who were skilled at spinning got to work and brought what they had spun, the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and the fine linen. Likewise, the women whose heart stirred them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. 
The leaders brought the ang stones and the stones to be set for the ritual vest and the breastplate, the spices and the oil for the light, for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. Thus every man and woman of the people of Israel whose heart impelled them him to contribute to any of the work Adonai had ordered through Moses brought it to Adonai as a voluntary offering. Moses said to the people of Israel, See, Adonai has singled out Phetaziel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge concerning every kind of artistry. He is a master of design in gold, silver, bronze, cutting precious stones to be set, wood carving, and every other craft. Adonai has also given him an Oholiab, the son of Chizimaka, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with the skill needed for every kind of work, whether done by an artisan, a designer, an embroiderer using blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, or a weaver. They have the skill for every kind of work and design. Exodus 36. Batazel and Olibab, along with all the craftsmen whom Adonai had endowed, with the wisdom and skill necessary to carry out the work needed for the sanctuary are to do exactly according to everything Adonai had ordered. Moses summoned Batazel, Oholiab, and every craftsman to whom Adonai had given wisdom, everyone whose heart stirred him, to come and take part in the work. They received from Moses all the offering which the people of Israel had brought for the work of building the sanctuary. But they still kept bringing voluntary offerings every morning until all the craftsmen doing the work of the sanctuary left the work they were involved with to tell Moses. The people are bringing far more than is needed to do the work. Adonai has ordered done. So Moses gave an order which was proclaimed throughout the camp. Neither men nor women are to make any further efforts for the sanctuary offering. In this way, the people were restrained from making additional contributions. What they'd already was not only sufficient for doing the work, but too much. With all the skilled men who were carrying out the work, Batazel made the tabernacle using ten sheep of finely woven linen and of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. He made them with carowam worked in that had been crafted by skilled artisans. Each sheet was 42 feet long and 6 feet wide. All the sheets were the same size. He joined five sheets one to another, and the other five sheets he joined one to another. He made loops of blue on the edge of the outermost sheet in the first set, 
entered the scene on the edge of the outermost sheet on the second center. He made 50 loops on the sh one sheet and he made 50 loops on the edge of the sheet in the second set. The loops were opposite one another. He made 50 fasteners of gold and coupled the sheets to each other with the fasteners so that the tabernacle formed a single unit. He made sheets of goat's hair to be used as a tent covering the tabernacle. He made 11 sheets. Each sheet was 45 feet long and 6 feet wide. All 11 sheets were the same size. He joined five sheets together and six sheets together. He made 50 loops on the edge of the outermost sheet in the first set and 50 loops on the outermost sheet in the second set. He made 50 fasteners of bronze to join the tent together so that it would be a single unit. He made a covering for the tent of tanned ram skins and an outer covering of fine leather. He made the upright planks of Arcacia wood for the tabernacle. Each plank was 15 feet long and two and a quarter feet wide. There were two projections on each plank and the planks were joined to one another. This is how he made all the planks for the tabernacle. He made the planks for the tabernacle as follows. 20 planks for the south side facing southward. He made 40 silver sockets under planks, two sockets under one plank for its two projections, and two sockets under another plank for its two projections. For the second side of the tabernacle to the north, he made 20 planks and there 40 silver sockets. Two sockets under one plank and two under another. For the rear part of the tabernacle toward the west, he made six planks. Corners of the tabernacle in the rear, he made two planks, double from the bottom all the way to the top, but joined at a single ring. He did the same with both of them at the two corners. Thus, there were eight planks with their silver sockets, 16 sockets, two sockets under each plank. He made crossbars of Arcacia wood. Five for the planks on the one side of the tabernacle, five crossbars for the planks on the other side of the tabernacle, and five crossbars for the planks at the side of the tabernacle at the rear toward the west. He made the middle crossbar so that it extended from one end of the planks to the other, halfway up. He overlaid the planks with gold, made gold rings for them through which the crossbars could pass, and overlaid the crossbars with gold. He made the curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and finely woven linen. He made them with heroin worked in that had been crafted by a skilled artesian. He made for it four posts of arcacia wood and overlaid them with gold and gold hooks and cast for them four silver sockets. For the entrance to the tent, he made a screen of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely woven linen in colors, the work of a weaver, with his five posts and their hooks. He overlaid their capitals and their attached rings for hanging with gold, while their five sockets were of bronze.
Bazalel made the ark of acacia wood three and three quarter feet long, two and a quarter feet wide, two and a quarter feet high. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside and put a molding of gold for it around the top. He cast four gold rings for it that is four feet, two rings on each side. He made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He put the carrying poles for the ark in the rings on the sides of the ark. He made a cover for the ark of pure gold, three and three quarters feet long and two and a quarter feet wide. He made two caravan of gold. He made them of hammered work for the two ends of the ark cover. One caravan for one end the ark cover at its two end. The caravan had their wings spread out above so that the wings covered the ark. Their faces were toward each other and toward the ark cover. He made the table of acacia wood three feet long, 18 inches wide and 18 inches high. He overlaid it with pure gold and put a molding of gold around the top of it. He made around it a rim a hand breadth wide and put a molding of gold around the rim. He cast for it four gold rings and attached rings to the four corners near his four legs. The rings to hold carrying poles for the table were placed close to the rim. He made the carrying poles for the table of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the utensils to be put on the table, its dishes, pans, bowls, and pitchers of pure gold. He made the menorah of pure gold. He made it of hammered work, its base, shaft, cups, rings, and outer leaves and flowers were a single unit. There were six branches extending from its sides, three branches of the manure on one side of it and three on the other. On one branch, there were three cups shaped like almond blossoms, the ring of outer leaves and petals. Likewise, on the opposite branch, three cups shaped like almond blossoms, a ring of outer leaves and petals, and similarly for all six branches extending from the menorah. On the external shaft of the menorah were four cups shaped like almond blossoms, each with its ring of outer leaves and petals, where each pair of branches joined the central shaft was a ring of outer leaves of one piece with the pair of branches. Thus, for all six branches, their rings of outer leaves and their branches were of one piece with the shaft. Thus, the whole menorah was one piece of hammered work made of pure gold. He made it seven its seven lamps, its, lo- its tongs, and its trays of pure gold. The menorah and its utensils were made of 66 pounds of pure gold. He made the altar on which to burn incense of acacia wood, 18 inches square and three feet high. Its horns were a single unit. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top, 
all around its sides and its horns. And he put around it a molding of gold. He made two gold rings for it under its molding at the two corners on both sides to hold carrying poles. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of aromatic plant substances as would an expert perfume maker. He made the altars for burnt offerings of acacia wood seven and a half feet long and seven and a half feet wide. It was square and four and a half feet high. He made horns for it on its four corners. The horns were in one piece with it and he overlaid it with bronze. He made all the utensils for the altar, its pots, shovels, basins, meat hooks, and fire pans. All his utensils he made of bronze. He made for the altar a grate of bronze netting under its rim, reaching halfway up the altar. He cast four rings for the four ends of the bronze grate to hold the poles. He made the poles of arcacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. He put the carrying poles into the rings on the sides of the altar. He made it of planks and hollow inside. He made the basin of bronze with its base of bronze from the mirrors of the women serving at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He made the courtyard on the south side facing southward. The tapestries for the courtyard were made of finely woven linen, 150 feet long, supported on 20 posts by 20 bronze sockets. The hooks on the posts and the attached rings for hanging were of silver. On the north side, they were 150 feet long, hung on 20 posts with 20 bronze sockets, with the hooks on the posts and their rings of silver. On the west side were tapestries 25 feet long, hung on 10 posts and 10 sockets, and with the hooks on the posts and their rings of silver. On the east side were tapestries 75 feet long, the tapestries for the one side of the gateway were 22 and a half feet long, hung on three posts in three sockets. Likewise for the other side. On either side of the gate were tapestries 22 and a half feet long, on three posts in three sockets. All the tapestries of the courtyard and all the way around were a finely woven linen sockets for the posts were of bronze the hooks on the posts and their rings were of silver the capitals of the posts were overlaid with silver and all the posts of the courtyard were banded with silver the screen for the gateway of the courtyard was the work of a weaver in colors a blue purple and scarlet yarn and finely woven linen its length was 30 feet and its height seven and a half feet all the way along, like the tapestries of the courtyard. It had four posts and four bronze sockets with silver hooks, capitals overlaid with silver and silver fasteners. The tent pegs for the tabernacle and for the courtyard around it were of bronze.
This is a double reading. We have Parashah 23 accounts. And that's uh, Exodus 38.21 through 40.38. These are the accounts of the tabernacle. The tabernacle of the testimony recorded as Moses ordered by the Levites under the direction of Edomar, son of Aaron, the Kohen. tribe of Judah made everything that Adonai ordered Moses to make, assisting him with Oliolah, the son of Ashkemah, of the tribe of Dan, who was an engraver, a designer, and a weaver in colors, in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and in fine linen. All the gold used for the work and everything needed for the sanctuary the gold of the offering weighed 29 talents, 730 shekels, that's 1,930 pounds, using the sanctuary shekel. The silver given by the community weighed 100 talents, that's 1,775 shekels, also known as 6,650 pounds, using the sanctuary shekel. This was the baker per person, that is years old, that is 20, that is... You stepped along. You're making me... person, that is, half a shekel, one-fifth of an ounce, using the sanctuary shekel. For everyone, twenty years old or older, counted in senses, six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty men. The hundred talents of silver were used to pass the sockets for the sanctuary and the sockets for the curtain. One hundred sockets made from the hundred talents. One talent, sixty-six pounds per socket. The 1,775 shekels, also known as 50 pounds, he used to make hooks for the posts to overlay their capitals and to make fasteners for them. The bronze in the offering came to 4,680 pounds. He used it to make the sockets for the entrance to the tent of meeting, the bronze altar, its bronze grate, all the utensils for the altar, the sockets for the courtyard around it, the sockets for the gateway to the courtyard, all the tent pegs for the tabernacle, and all the tent pegs for the courtyard around it. From the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, they made the garments for officiating, for serving in the holy place. And they made the holy garments for Aaron, as Adonai had ordered Moses. He made the ritual vest of gold, of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and of finely woven linen. He 
He hammered the gold into thin plates and cut them into threads in order to work it into the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and the fine linen crafted by the skilled artisan. They made shoulder pieces for it, joined together. They were joined together at the two ends. The decorated belt on the vest used to fasten it was of the same workmanship and materials. Gold, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and finely twin linen, as Adonite had ordered. Moses. They worked the onyx stones mounted in gold settings, engraving them with the names of the sons of Israel as they would be engraved on a seal. Then he put them on the shoulder pieces of the vest to be stones calling to mind the sons of Israel as Adonai had ordered Moses. He made the breastplate. It was crafted by a skilled artisan and made like the work of the ritual vest of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely woven linen. When folded double, the breastplate was square. Doubled, it was a hand span by a hand span. They put it on it four rows of stones. The first row was a carnelian, a topaz, and an emerald. The second row, a green felspar, a sapphire, and a diamond. The third row, an orange zircon, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They were mounted in settings of gold. The stones corresponded to the names of the twelve sons of Israel. They were engraved with their names as a seal would be engraved, each name representing one of the twelve tribes. On the breastplate, they made two pure gold chains twisted like cords. Also, for the breastplate, they made two settings of gold and two gold rings, and they put the two rings at the two ends of the breastplate. They put the two twisted gold chains in the two rings at the ends of the breastplate and attached the other two other ends to the twisted chains to the front and the shoulder pieces of the ritual vest. They also made two gold rings and put them on the two ends of the breastplate at its edge on the side facing in toward the vest. Also, they made two gold rings and attached them low on the front part of the vest shoulder pieces near the join above the vest decorated belt. Then they bound the breastplate by its rings to the rings of the vest with a blue cord so that it could be on the vest decorated belt and so that the breastplate would not swing loose from the vest as Adonai had ordered Moses. He made the robe for the ritual vest. It was woven entirely of blue, with its opening in the middle, like that of a coat of mail, and with a border around the opening so that it wouldn't tear. On the bottom hem, they made pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet and woven linen. 
and they made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates all the way around the hem of the robe between the pomegranates that is bell pomegranate bell pomegranate all the way around the hem of the robe for service as Adonai had ordered Moses they made the tunics of finely woven linen for Aaron and his sons the turban of fine linen the splendid headgear of fine linen and linen shorts and the sash of finely woven linen and blue purple and scarlet yarn the work of a weaver in colors as Adonai had ordered Moses they made the ornament for the holy turban of pure gold wrote on it the words set apart for Adonai like the engraving on a seal and tied the blue cord on it to fasten it to the front of the turban as Adonai had ordered Moses. Thus all the work for the tabernacle, the tent of meeting was finished with the people of Israel doing everything exactly as Adonai had ordered Moses. Then they brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent and all his furnishings, clasps, planks, crossbars, posts and sockets, the covering of tanned ram skins, the covering of fine leather, and the curtain for the screen, the ark for the testimony, its poles, and the ark cover, the table, all its utensils, and the showbread, the pure menorah, its lamps, and their arrangement for display, its accessories, and the oil for the light, the gold altar, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, the screen for the entrance to the tent, the bronze altar with its bronze grate, poles, and all its utensils, the basin with its base, the tapestries for the courtyard with their posts and sockets, the screen for the entrance to the courtyard with its ropes and tent pegs, all the utensils for the service in the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, the garments for officiating, for serving in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the Cohen, and the garments for his sons to serve in the office of Cohen. The people of Israel did all the work, just as Adonai had ordered Moses. Moses saw all the work, and there it was. They had done it, exactly as Adonai had ordered. They had done it, and Moses blessed them. Adonai said to Moses, On the first day of the first month, you are to set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. Put it in the ark, put in it the ark for the testimony, and conceal the ark with the curtain. Bring in the table and arrange its display. Bring in the menorah and light its lamps. Set the gold altar for incense in front of the ark for the testimony and set up the screen at the entrance to the tabernacle. Place the altar for burnt offerings in front of the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. Set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Set up the courtyard all the way around and hang up the screen to the entrance of the courtyard. Take the anointing oil and anoint 
anoint the tabernacle and everything in it, consecrate it with all its furnishings, then it will be holy. Anoint the altar for burnt offerings with all its utensils, consecrate the altar, then the altar, altar will be especially holy. Anoint the basin and its base and consecrate it. Then bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Put the holy garments on Aaron, anoint him, and consecrate him so that he can serve me in the office of Cohen. Bring his sons, put tunics on them, and anoint them as you anointed their father so that they can serve me in the office of Cohen. Their anointing will signify that the office of Cohen is theirs through all generations. And Moses did this. He acted in accordance with everything Adonai had ordered him to do. On the first day of the first month of the second year, the tabernacle was set up. Moses erected the tabernacle, put its sockets in place, put up its planks, put in the crossbars, and set up its posts. He spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent above it, as Adonai had ordered Moses. He took and put the testimony inside the ark, put the poles on the ark, and set the ark cover above on the ark. Then he brought the ark into the tabernacle, set up the curtain as a screen, and concealed the ark for the testimony, as Adonai had ordered Moses. He put the table in the tent of meeting on the side of the tabernacle facing north, outside the curtain. He arranged a row of bread on it before Adonai, as Adonai had ordered Moses. He put the menorah in the tent of meeting across from the table on the side of the tabernacle facing south. Then he lit the lamps before Adonai as ordered. Adonai had ordered Moses. He set the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the curtain and burned on it incense made of, made of aromatic spices, as Adonai had ordered Moses. He set up the screen at the entrance to the tabernacle. The altar for burnt offerings he placed at the entrance of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and offered on it the burnt offering and the grain offering, as Adonai had ordered Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing so that Moses and Aaron and his sons could wash their hands and feet there so that they could wash when entering the tent of meeting and when approaching the altar as Adonai had ordered Moses. Finally, he erected the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen for the entrance to the courtyard. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. Moses was unable to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud remained on it, and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel continued with all their travel. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not travel onward until the day when it was taken up. For the cloud of Adonai was above the tabernacle during the day, and fire was in the cloud at night, so that all the house of Israel could see it throughout all their travel.
looks like Ezekiel 45, 16 to 46, 18. Continuing on with a half Tara. Ezekiel 45:16 All the people in the land are to present this offering to the prince in Israel. The prince's obligation will be to present the burnt offering, grain offerings and drink offerings at the feasts on Rosh Hakodesh and on Shabbat. At all the designated times of the house of Israel, he is to prepare the sin offerings, the grain offerings, the burnt offerings, and the peace offerings to make atonement for the house of Israel. Adonai Elohim says this, On the first day of the first month, you are to take a young bull without defect and purify the sanctuary. The Kohen will take some of the blood from the sin offering and put it on the door frames of the house, on the four corners of the altar's ledge, and on the supports of the gate of the inner courtyard. You are also to do this on the seventh day of the month for everyone who has sinned inadvertently or through ignorance. Thus you will make atonement for the house. On the fourteenth day of the first month, you are to have the Pesach also known as a Passover, a feast seven days long. Matzah will be eaten. On that day, the prince will provide for himself and for all the people of the land a young bull as a sin offering. On the seven days of the feast, he is to provide a burnt offering for Adonai, seven young bulls and seven rams without defect daily for the seven days and a male goat daily is a sin offering he is to provide as a grain offering a bushel of grain for a young bull and a bushel for a ram and for each bushel of grain a gallon of olive oil on the 15th day of the seventh month during the feast of Sukkot he is to do the same thing for those seven days in regard to the sin offerings, burnt offerings, grain offerings, and olive oil. This is what Adonai Elohim says. The east gate of the inner courtyard is to be shut on the six working days, but on Shabbat it is to be opened, and on Rosh Kodesh it is to be opened. The prince is to enter by way of the outer vestibule of the gate and stand by the support of the gate. And the Kohen are, the, are to prepare his burnt offering and peace offerings. Then he is to prostrate himself in worship at the threshold of the gate, after which he is to leave, but the gate is not to be shut until evening. The people of the land are also to prostrate themselves and worship before Adonai at the entrance of the gate on Shabbat and on Rosh Kodesh. The burnt offering of the prince is to offer Adonai on Shabbat 
is to consist of six lambs without defect and a ram without defect. The grain offering is to be a bushel for the ram, while for the lambs it can be as much as he wants to give, with a gallon of olive oil per ephah. On Rosh Hodesh, it is to be a young bull, six lambs and a ram, all without defect. He is to prepare a grain offering consisting of a bushel for the bull, a bushel for the ram, and for the lambs as his means allow, with a gallon of olive oil per bushel. When the prince enters, he is to go in by the way of the vestibule of the gate, and he is to leave the same way. But when the people of the land come before Adonai at the designated times, whoever comes in to worship by way of the north gate is to leave by the way of the south gate. Whoever comes in by the way of the south gate is to leave by the north gate. He is not to go back out through the gate by which he entered, but is to exit straight ahead of him. On these occasions, the prince is to be among them when they enter, and when they leave, they are to leave together. At the festivals and at designated times, the grain offering is to be a bushel for a young bull and a bushel for a ram, while for the lambs it can be as much as he wants to give, with a gallon of olive oil per bushel. When the prince provides a voluntary offering, whether it is a burnt offering or a peace offering that he offers voluntarily to Adonai, someone is to open the east gate for him, and he is to provide his burnt offering and peace offerings as he does on Shabbat. Then he will leave, and after he leaves, the gate will be shut. You are to provide a lamb in his first year that has no defect for a daily burnt offering to Adonai. Do this each morning. Also each morning, provide with it a grain offering, one-sixth of a bushel, and one-third of a gallon of olive oil to moisten the fine flour. This is the ongoing grain offering for Adonai by a permanent regulation. Thus, they will offer a lamb, grain offering, and oil each morning as the ongoing burnt offering. Adonai Elohim says this, If the prince turns over part of his hereditary property to one of his sons, it is his inheritance. It will belong to his sons. It is their possession by inheritance. But if he gives part of his hereditary property to one of his slaves, it will be his until the year of freedom, at which time it will revert to the, to the prince, so that the prince's heritage will go to his sons. The prince is not to take over any of the people's inheritance, thereby evicting them wrongfully from their property. He is to give his sons an inheritance out of his own property so that none of the people will be driven off their property. Then we have 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 9, 15. 
2 Corinthians 8.1-9.15 Now, brothers, we must tell you about the grace God has given the congregations in Macedonia. Despite severe trials, and even though they are desperately poor, their joy was overflowed in a wealth of generosity. I tell you, they have not merely given according to their means, but of their own free will they have given beyond their means. They begged and pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service for God's people. Also, they didn't do this in the way we had expected, but first they gave themselves to the Lord, which means by God's will to us. All this has led us to urge Titus to bring the same gracious gift to completion among you, since he has already made a beginning of it. Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in diligence of every kind, and in your love for us, see that you excel in this gift too. I am not issuing an order, rather I am testing the genuineness of your love against the diligence of others. For you know how generous our Lord Yeshua the Messiah was. For your sakes, he impoverished himself, even though he was rich, so that he might make you rich by means of his poverty. As I say, in regard to this matter, I'm only giving an opinion. A year ago, you were not only the first to take action, but the first to want to do so. Now, it would be to your advantage to finish what you started, so that your eagerness in wanting to commence the project may be matched by your eagerness to complete it, as you contribute from what you have. For if the eagerness to give is there, the capability of the gift will be measured by what you have, not by what you don't have. It is not that relief for others should cause trouble for you, but that there should be a kind of reciprocity at present, your abundance can help those in need, so that when you are in need, their abundance can help you. Thus, there is reciprocity. It is as the Tanakh says, he who gathered much had nothing extra. Now I thank God for making Titus as devoted to you as we are. For he not only responded to our urging, but being so devoted, he is coming to you of his own initiative. And with him we are sending the brother whose work for the good news is praised in all the congregations. Not only that, he has also been appointed by congregations to travel with us so that the way we administer his charitable work will bring honor to the Lord and show our eagerness to help. 
Our aim in this is to show that our conduct in dealing with these substantial sums is above reproach. For we take pains to do what is right, not only in the sight of God, but also in the sight of other people. With these two we are sending another brother of ours, one whose diligence we have tested many times in many ways, but who is now all the more diligent because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner who works with me on your behalf, and the other brothers with him are emissaries of the congregations and bring honor to the Messiah. So the love you show these men will justify our pride in you to them and through them to the congregations that sent them. There's really no need for me to write you about this offering for God's people. I know how eager you are, and I boast about you to the Macedonians. I tell them Archaea has been ready since last year, and it was your zeal that stirred up most of them. But now I'm sending the brothers so that our boast about you in this regard will not prove hollow, so that you will be ready as I said you would be. For if some Macedonians were to come with me and find you unprepared, we would be humiliated at having been so confident to say nothing of how you would feel. So I thought it would be necessary to urge these brothers to go on to you ahead of me and prepare your promised gift in plenty of time. This way, it will be ready when I come and will be a genuine gift, not something extracted by pressure. Here's the point. He who plants sparingly also harvests sparingly. Each should give according to what he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Moreover, God has the power to provide you with every gracious gift in abundance, so that always, in every way, you will have all you need yourselves and be able to provide abundantly for every good cause, as the Tanakh says. He gave generously to the poor. His charity lasts forever. He who provides both seed for the planter and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your charity. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in everything. And through us, your generosity will cause people to thank God because rendering is this holy service not only provides for the needs of God's people, but it also overflows in the many thanks people will be giving to God. In offering this service, you provide to these people that you glorify God by actually doing what your acknowledgement of the good news of the Messiah requires, namely, sharing generously with them and with everyone. And in their prayers for you, they will feel a strong affection for you because of how gracious God has been to you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Then we have 1 Corinthians 
1 Corinthians 2. Corinthians 2 6 Yet there is a wisdom that we are speaking to those who are mature enough for it. But it is not the wisdom of this world or of this world's leaders who are in the process of passing away. On the contrary, we are communicating a secret wisdom from God, which has been hidden until now, but which, before history began, God had decreed would bring us glory. Not one of this world's leaders has understood it, because if they had, they would not have executed the Lord, from whom this glory flows. But as the Tanakh says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no one's heart has imagined all the things that God has prepared for those who love him. It is to us, however, that God has revealed these things. How? Through the Spirit, for the Spirit probes all things, even the profoundest depth of God. For who knows the inner workings of a person except the person's own spirit inside him? So, too, no one knows the inner workings of God except God's spirit. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God so that we might understand the things God has so freely given us. These are the things we are talking about when we avoid the manner of speaking that human wisdom would dictate and instead use a manner of speaking taught by the Spirit, by which we explain things of the Spirit to people who have the Spirit. Now, the natural man does not receive the things from the Spirit of God. To him, they are nonsense. Moreover, he's unable to grasp them because they are evaluated through the Spirit. But the person who has the Spirit can evaluate everything, while no one in a position to no one is in a position to evaluate him. For who has known the mind of Adonai? Who will counsel him? But we have the mind of the Messiah. As for me, brothers, I couldn't talk to you as spiritual people, but as worldly people, as babies, so far as experience with the Messiah is concerned. I gave you milk, not solid food because you were not yet ready for it. But you aren't ready for it now either, for you're still worldly. Isn't it obvious from all the jealousy and quarreling among you that you are worldly and living by merely human standards? 
For when one says, I follow Shaul, and another, I follow Apollos, aren't you being merely human? After all, what is Apollos? What is Shaul? Only servants through whom you came to trust. Indeed, it was the Lord who brought you to trust through one of us or through another. I planted the seed, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. So neither the planter nor the waterer is anything. Only God who makes things grow. Planter and waterer are the same. However, each will be rewarded according to his work. For we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. Using the grace God gave us, I laid a foundation, like a skilled master builder, and another man is building on it. But let each one be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Yeshua the Messiah. So some will use gold, silver, or precious stones in building on this foundation, while others will use wood, grass, or straw. But each one's work will be shown for what it is. The day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If the work someone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If it is burnt up, he will have to bear the loss. He will still escape with his life, but it will be like escaping through fire. Don't you know that you people are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? So if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you yourselves are that temple. Father God, we come to you this Shabbat in prayer. In Yeshua's name we pray. So many details and such precise instructions, Lord. Thank you so very much for the discipline that you have helped us to reach for. Father God, it certainly isn't easy to be disciplined. The rewards are immense. Help us to build like you say. Help us to do our best, Father. We come before you and we'd like to read the 91st Psalm. We live within the shadow of the Almighty, sheltered by the God who is above all gods. This I declare, that he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God, and I'm trusting in him, for he rescues you from 
every trap and protects you from all the fatal plagues. He will shield you in his wings. They will shelter us. Oh, Father, help us to be set apart and give us the blessings, the blessings that you promise those who honor you and put you first in their lives. In the name of Yeshua the Messiah, we humble ourselves and we thank you for giving us the strength to do so. Amen. Amen.